Hey there, everybody. I'm back for another podcast. Uh, this is a continuation of the podcast about the martial arts journey and uh, a questionnaire slash debate of tradition versus sport with my friend Jonathan Seavey. Hey, guys. We, we ran out of time uh, last session, so we decided just to pick it back up. Um, and we just, him and I kind of told uh, our story of why we got into the martial arts a little bit of our journey of what kept us in and the different uh, hurdles you overcome and I think the last thing we ended on was discussing um, the competitive side and how it uh, constantly keeps you uh, setting goals for yourself and I mentioned I think the last thing was instructor burnout and with that I was just going to say that you do the same thing over and over and over and over again once you get to a certain rank and it can kind of get very boring and very played out. So I think he, one aspect I'd like to see or what I got from Jonathan uh, speaking was that competition can, for me, would like reignite some of the flame, give me another goal rather yeah. than a goal of getting like fifth dawn or something Well, it like could just that. provide another opportunity for... You know, for you to train, it give you another goal for you to train. Um, and and from an instructor standpoint, it I don't want to say it provides <laughs> filler material, but but kind of it kind of is like some filler material for yeah. for you know somebody to like. I have some students of mine now that are like San Q and you know Ni Q, yeah. third and second Q ranks. Yeah, they're brown belts. But they're young still, you know. Yeah. But they've been with me for, you know, one of them has been with me for almost six years. Yeah. But because of our organization's yeah. rules, she can't become a black belt till she's sixteen. Yeah. So it's so, like, oh, uh, here, let's do. You're about to do Saifa and Sansei Ru for the next yeah. <laughs> two years. Right. Or but something. but now that she's found competition, <coughs> it provides her yeah. a an opportunity for more training without, you know, without losing sight of the goal of her wanting to attain black yeah. belt. Yeah. But she can put that on hold for now and focus on something else. Yeah. Which is really good. I and think. when we, we're, you know, our school's not big into any kind of tournaments, but when one of our other students, who's a, a prior Goju guy, um, he came in and he was like, hey, I have some friends down south, South Florida, that do competitions. They're USA Goju, so it's much different. But I think I'm gonna go compete, and we got six or seven of our students to go and compete. But it wasn't. We had you know about a month or two uh, prior to that. Um, when we well decided who was going to go, even though we knew we were going to a competition, we probably weren't going to place good, which we actually all got first or second, which is awesome. But we we didn't change our kata because we said, hey, who cares? It's just for fun. But it made those people like say our like our fifth cue did Saifa probably a hundred more times than he would have yeah. just training in the dojo because yep. he wanted to be good. And then same deal with me. It made me branch back out to Kobudo because I'm like, I don't really want to fight because I'm not I'm not a big good a big or good point spar but i'm like i'll at least compete in weapons so yeah. that gave me a goal in that sense to to do it even though going into it again we didn't think we were going to win but yeah. they were impressed because i think some of them were happy just, to see the similarities yeah but. and, and it, like you just said you know you did a hundred more saifas or a hundred more you know i don't know what weapons cut to you would you do yeah uh Shushi no Shushinokon. Okay, yeah. so you did Shushi no Kon a hundred more times, so you yeah. increased the volume of your training, yeah. which is never a bad thing. I was you, using you know. a broomstick at work <laughs> in the break room to practice. That's, that's awesome. So, but it, but it does. It sparks something in you that makes you want to just go and train more. Yeah. And, you know, I think I see a lot of people who, like, badmouth 
competitive karate on these forums and they think that the <clears throat> Olympic karate is bad for karate as a, as a whole yeah. are people who aren't like putting themselves into that yeah. you know competition like setting to and, and in increasing their volume of training either. Yeah. I think for me again I'm kind of at the end of my competition career I'm 34 years old I've been doing you know yeah. competitive karate in some <clears throat> form or another uh, for pretty much my entire life and only in the past couple of years venturing into that WKF arena. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know that I would be the kind of martial artist I am now if it wasn't for, for competition. that com- that constant <clears throat> pressure, yeah. that constant yeah. drive to want to be good. I think I'd still be a martial artist. I just don't yeah. know that I'd be as adept or as world traveled yeah. as I am too because yeah. it has I literally mean, brought me all around the world even if you just travel around the United States you're going to meet yeah. different styles and whatever but only a certain amount of people but other other countries do it do it differently do things more they've had their own experience so it's kind of like yes. a whole another plethora of people to be around and you know that's yeah, uh, yeah it just expands your, your mind but that's the whole thing about just do what you want to do do what you love and you know yeah. screw the naysayers like yeah. the, the haters it, it, exactly so, but uh, I think actually uh, I, I don't know if you saw the response or not I think I can't remember if you said you did or not but Yamabushi had put a, a little live video on and I think one of the things that he was saying was you know it, it it shouldn't matter if you're an MMA guy it shouldn't matter if you're a karate guy it shouldn't matter if you're a Brazilian <clears throat> Jiu Jitsu guy if you love your sport just you know if you love your art do it you yeah, know and yeah. you know we don't have to break down other arts to because to make... it's different from our own yeah you know yeah. We, we don't have to do that and i i agree wholeheartedly you know yeah we, we as martial artists should be lifting <clears throat> arts up yeah and not putting yeah. them not yeah. putting them down i mean i think you know, except that... for taekwondo they can get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no i mean i feel that way and i go i go personally up and down with sometimes sport but sometimes other styles too and it's not so much that i think my style's better it's just like get off of our back like, we're not yeah. you know we're not there yeah. doing stuff and i don't know if that whole martial arts is already a an aggressive like activity to do period but then you add actual people who like now you're fighting which is the most like primal way yeah. to, it's not just like oh man i can throw a you know, a free throw better than you, like, if you're not going to immediately turn into a fist fight, but if you're like, oh, man, like, you can't break somebody's arm like that, the yeah. other guy's like, yes, I can. Like, yeah. all right, show me then. Like, right. So it's a little it's a little different, but... Hmm. All right, well, I had a couple of questions for Jonathan to get his view on a few things and maybe spark some more debate. I'm sorry, discussion, yeah. not debate. <laughs> that's better. Um, so... <clears throat> One of my questions, something along the lines of, what techniques in in the in the katas, or what kind of translation from doing a competition style kata, and how it relates to self defense? Because sometimes the moves seem to be have to be done a little differently to get points in in kata competitions versus how you would do them to actually def- deflect or defend a, a punch. Just my opinion. So, what's your what's your thoughts on that kata translation from sport into self defense? Yeah, you know, I I think that boils down to the athlete's instructor and coach. Um, you know, I, I absolutely know there are people out there that learn a kata, learn a form, learn a hyung, learn a you know pumsi, whatever it is that you call these floor routines. Yeah. Um, 
that have no idea what they mean. They just, they learn a floor routine and they, they go hard at it and it looks nice and things like that, but they don't really have a full understanding of the why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Now, if they have a good sensei or a good you know um, instructor who says, hey, the reason why you're doing this is this, then I, I think it's absolutely transferable you know, back yeah, and forth, yeah. you know, but when you're doing, when you're performing again for this sport, there's, you know, uh, maybe an exaggeration here or there because it, uh, most of these referees, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot here by yeah. saying this, a lot of them are older men and yeah. women that are like, they kind of need somebody to be a little bit more exaggerated for them to even really see what you're yeah, doing. See the, they're the they're not standing right next to you. They're standing 20 feet away from you. Yeah. So you have to actually... On the like, corners, like, right? That's Actually, what I, not what even I... anymore. Like, for the for WTF, it's a it's a, like they're sitting at a table and there's seven of them. And then the the mat is over here, and they're doing the floor routine this ah, way. Okay. It, and they and they basically they've got points now. They're, they don't yeah. do flags anymore. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think that it's it's up to the athlete and up to their their coach and sensei to yeah. to instruct them. And you know, for me, growing up and competing all the time, I've always had an instructor who, you know, kind of instilled in me that application is necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, and in you should even be able to show you have an understanding of application <laughs> when you perform a kata or hyung or pumsi or yeah. you know whatever. So, you know, I I think it's there, yeah. but without knowing <clears throat> the athlete or their instructor, I can't say that they all <clears throat> do. Yeah. Well, it also comes back to maybe some techniques and how they're performed. If you put somebody in front of them and say we do goju so you do mawashiyuki we like know okay you're blocking it and then maybe palm heel into the face yeah. maybe their mawashiyuki wouldn't work the same exact way it's done in WKK, wkf or competition karate but therein lies what we talked about before that if you're doing that kata to win that competition that is what's most important to you if yeah. you're doing karate for just like i'm gonna do it for self-defense and these yeah. techniques like yeah so that so well, yeah you know in in <clears throat> Our, your listeners don't really know this, but at the end of the last podcast, um, instead of just picking this up right now, Nick and I actually, we went to the dojo, we got to the dojo at about 1.30 and we left the dojo about 5.30 yeah. and did a bunch of uh, goju kata training with Nick's dad, who <clears throat> I'm, I'm telling you, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's like a super well-known goju guy, but... If I could, you know, snap my fingers and make this man famous, I would because he is just this insane, he has this insane depth of knowledge. And every time I think I know something, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm really good at this. And then I yeah. come and train with your dad. He just like blows my mind with information. Yeah. So like today we were going over a lot of Bunkai for the katas that we do. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, it made so much sense when he did it because he takes it rather from the... Like maybe that show style, yeah. like you, you know, like that cinematic style, like you know, or that or the archaic. Is that a word? Like, well, no, like, no, I'm, I don't even mean like that. I just mean like that aesthetic. Like people try to make these really pretty bunkais or whatever yeah. that looks cool because they, you yeah. know, threw somebody in this position. Yeah, yeah. But your dad was like, nah, this is a street fight, bro. Like, come, yeah. you're, you're gonna punch at me, not not just one punch. Come at me with two punches, yeah. or or you're grabbing me, you're choking me, or whatever. Yeah. And every technique that we went through whether it was Seonchin or Saifa or Sanseru um, you know he was able to make Bunkai from like realistic attacks yeah yeah and making each movement defensible yeah and yeah. I I thought that was just to me that was the biggest takeaway of our lesson yeah. making 
your movement's defensible from these attacks and not just, hey, this is the prescribed bunkai and we're holding yeah. you in this position or whatever. One, two, yeah. three, got him. Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 it created, it's like more muddy, you know, yeah. more like grungy in that way because it has to be, you know. But it made it made your, your the bunkai alive. Yeah. It, it made it more real to me. Yeah. Where in the past, you know, I'm studying these, these moves and stuff. It's like, okay, that's cool, but... That's like if every single situation is perfectly lined up, I could yeah. get to that or whatever. Yeah. But the chances of that happening are not the case. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really appreciated that. So yeah. But I, I, I again think that if your dad was teaching Bunkai, say to an Ariel Torres, who's another yeah. Gojiru guy, but he trains in a lot of different kata styles. Yeah, 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 a, yeah. An excellent kata practitioner, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. you know, down in Miami, Kensei Khan. Yeah, with Robert Young. Robert Young, yeah. you know, which I've trained with them to yeah. so did my dad. So. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that Ariel probably gets the Bunkai from you know Sensei yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah. But if even if he didn't, and and even if Sensei Young and you know Sensei Pete's Bunkai. Uh, Philosophies are different. Yeah. And, and since Pete was able to teach Ariel those bunkai the same way that he, he would taught be able today, to, to grasp it because of the fact that. Well, the, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think that it would change his kata performance as a WKF athlete. Uh, okay. He'd still be able to demonstrate that he knows bunkai yeah, and still yeah. perform his WKF style kata. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then. So that was, that was one of my questions. And so what this kind of walks up a line or a, bo a borderline of, you know, what kumite techniques would you use in a, in a uh, self-defense situation? An example would be you leave the grocery store, some guy blasts past you in his car. You say, hey, man, slow down. He gets out and then he's in your face. He's about to punch you. And yeah. um, I know there may be... There may be more techniques, and I didn't make this clear with the part segment that got cut out, but there might be better techniques to use from your actual bunkai. Yeah. But if you had to use if you had to use competition specific techniques, yeah. what do you think your go to would be? Um like a jab, a like reverse punch or and it might be difficult because it's kind of like, oh, I want to end this fight. So I want to grab the guy and knee him in his yeah, face. Yeah, that, that's a difficult. <laughs> that, that really is a difficult question kind of for a loaded me to question, answer. Right? Uh, you know, everything is always situational. Um, I, I definitely, I favor kicking. I yeah. like, you know, this. I like to kick, uh, even just for Instagram. You know, I like yeah. to, I like to do that. I have the flexibility. When I look at doing stuff like that, though, high kicking in a like a self defense situation. Yeah. You know, I look at these videos where, you know, somebody got away with it. Somebody made it happen. Yeah. That is an anomaly. That is not, well, like, that's, the norm. So one of my questions I have, not we're on it, is how, how do you feel about kicking high in the street? Because I just watched a huge yeah. debate with that, the pitmaster guy. Yeah. Um, I, I Oh, God, I feel disrespectful because I don't remember his name. But anyways, he was like, his, his thought from what I got from it is, Oh yeah, absolutely. If you can kick high in the street, do it. You know, yeah. and then some of the you know the traditional guys are like, no, absolutely don't. They can't grab it. And for me personally, I kick like mid range. I'm not a very high kicker. So if I could, maybe, <laughs> maybe I would. But I'm short. So yeah. So like like I was saying, I think that like high kicking in a street, uh, in a, in a self defense or street fight situation, it's it's not normal. Um, you we see people on these videos that like that do it. So then yeah. we say to ourselves, like, if they can do it, why can't I do it? You know, yeah. I have the ability to kick high and blah, 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 yeah. but I don't know that that's necessarily the smart thing to do. It worked out in that situation, yeah. Yeah. but 
it could have gone drastically differently. Yeah. You know, the guy could have just eye. threw his hands up and grabbed the foot, and then yeah. the guy's like, oh, yeah. I got your foot, you know, and will no. react by pushing him on the ground or something. I, I love high kicking. I love kicking people in the head. It feels good to yeah. me. You know, it has this, like, that real sense of, like, accomplishment. Yeah. Picking my foot up and putting it on somebody's head. But I, I, I think that, you know, there's a, there's a saying that goes, kicking somebody in the head makes about as much sense as punching somebody in the shin. Right, you know, because you can do this. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. You could probably do the same damage with a punch with less effort or something yeah, like. Sure, yeah. sure, and, but, and I, I think the majority of people too can generate a much higher amount of force with their hands to face or hands to yeah. upper body than foot to upper body. Versus, like, I got to create a little bit of distance and then kick. Although, one yeah. side note, when I was younger and my little a hole years, uh, <laughs> somebody had a party and wouldn't let. Uh, wouldn't let some of my friends in and they were all like you know they were jerks too um, I was always on the sidelines but sure, I saw I saw sure. a kid I saw a kid I don't know who who he was we, again 17 or 18 standing square like a like a hikodachi or something yeah. like kibodachi just yeah. standing there my friend mouthing off who always kind of always beat people up and I watched him get roundhouse in the face and drop this is like not a karate not like a living karate Cobra Kai town like just, just happened just, yeah. I'm like oh shit yeah. like that just really just happened you know and then of course they tried to like have a brawl and it got split up but I was just like holy cow yeah. you know I made a joke like oh it would have been a good person to fight because he obviously knew something but yeah. you, you know, know but but that going going back to that you're saying you know their hands were down they were just squared up and stuff yeah. like that you know that's that's totally different I'm yeah. yeah if you're coming at me like that I'm gonna kick you in the head yeah. and you're gonna get dropped it, uh, actually earlier today you and I were having a conversation about visiting other dojos or other training schools or whatever you visited some Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools and a Muay yeah. Thai school and I was discussing that I went to a Muay Thai school as well yeah. and you know I never really uh, made it clear that I had trained before or anything yeah. like that so they were you know going through some beginner stuff and they're like okay if you find you know find a target put this kick mm. on you know and the dude kept like dropping his hands because he was trying to show me like his leg <laughs> To, to kick like to the side of the leg at the like the femoral artery you yeah, know, that round yeah. kick or whatever and and, in, and instead of doing that you know I put my foot on his face just because he kept dropping his hands yeah that's, that's another it's, it's a situational thing again yeah so you know your, your question's pretty loaded um, yeah yeah especially with the technique because you would probably yeah. use something I, I, I think the the technique that I would use from Kumite that I think I've developed more than anything else is awareness <laughs> okay. okay. There you go. There How about you go. That? That's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Um, so my last question, we can still chat about stuff, but yeah. And I, it's funny you talk about Ariel Torres and Robert Young because one, the bit of respect and light that I do have for sport kumite is actually because I went to his dojo because Robert Young trained with my father when they did Mariyoshi Kobudo and my right. uncle and then whatever. So my dad or my uncle I don't know if they reached out to Mr. Young or whatever was in Miami working and then went there and trained and I trained with him for about like two and a half hours and I didn't really know this at the time because I was trapped in my traditional world so I didn't know that he was like really big into competition and yeah. whatever but we did a whole lot of weird exercises that looking back I'm like oh these are strengthening I can't I don't I'm not gonna say they're strengthening my 
ability to do the kata to do the bunkai to fight but they're strengthening the kata techniques like sure. weird ones doing mwashiguki with the medicine ball stepping in sanchi yeah. striking it at another person and grabbing it and ariel torres was was there um and only trained minimally with with him but yeah. and then at the end of class he had um a younger kid get up do sansei ru i think it was ariel torres or the, one of his other competitors do sansei ru another guy and then me to see the differences and i'm sure i was probably sloppy as hell compared to them but so having said that i learned exercises from him that i even have like my students do now just from one visit to his dojo because they strengthen just odd ones so what exercises from sport karate would help traditionalists in self-defense with their techniques. It's a little harder to explain because you don't have a video to show, yeah. but whether it be kata or kumite, if you find any unique things that you saw and were like, oh, snap, that'd be cool. Like, it, to- You know, so I, I've never been much of a, like a kata competitor myself. I used to do it when I was in my Q ranks because you know I was told to by my instructor or coach or whatever mm-hmm. you just you know you have to do what you have to do yeah, uh, yeah but when it got to a point where i was competing in like the elite categories and for those people who are listening who don't know in like nkf uh um, karate federation uh national karate federation mm-hmm. uh, that's how it's broken up it's, in the, it's is that in the united states that's in the united in states the wkf is the french one the, well the the wkf is the world karate federation okay okay, okay. okay. Yeah, it, yeah. it is a french organization but yeah. it is oh the world karate oh, federation yeah exactly but the the NKF here in the United States, it goes you know um, beginner, novice, intermediate, advanced, and then the elite category is okay. all refereed by WKF referees. Now is that is that just, broken up? Just kata and kumite. But is that so that to say it again one more time? So the elite category is at the, like the the high end of things. So it's like beginner, novice, intermediate, advanced. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and then, then elite. Does elite? How do they break that up? By for kumite, I'm assuming it's weight category. By weight categories. And then for kata, it's just male and male female. and female. Okay, yeah. okay. So and not age. There's no like masters. Or anything. So the, there there is an elite category for kata. It's like 16 to 34. Oh, okay. okay. And then um, for kumite, it's 18 to 34. But People that are older than 34 oftentimes still compete in the elite category. Like, oh, okay. Like, next year I'm going to be 35. Yeah, right? and yeah. So there's I no point just because you got a magic number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't want to compete in a different category and, and, you know, not give myself proper competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so, but anyway, so when I, talking about competing in the, the uh, elite <clears throat> kumite, I think the, the things that have helped me the most is doing like plyometric movements and okay. like explosive training and strength training so things With like bands and stuff like that or do, is that considered uh, yeah i use i use bands um i i think using bands for like doing punch practicing is much better than holding on to like a weight mm-hmm. because now i'm not getting like hyper extension on my elbow joints or anything yeah. and it's not like causing me more harm than good yeah um, and it seems like it's a constant pressure tension yeah and, yeah, yeah. And, and you can go in the direction that you want like a sure. weight because the gravity wants to drop down yeah even though you're technically fighting against gravity anytime right. you move but, but a lot I, of times when you when you're throwing a weight like a, I, I know like i have egg weights do you know what those are and i've, I've seen them before so I, I've, I've used, used them. i've used those a few times and they're not so bad because like the heaviest pair that i have are one and a half pounds for each yeah. each egg but i've seen people that are out there like holding on to like 10 pound dumbbells and throwing punches yeah and the you know 
law of, of motion states that when objects are in motion, they tend to stay in motion yeah. unless yeah. acted upon by an equal or greater force. Yeah. So when you start throwing that weight around, that weight wants to continue forward, which is going to damage yeah. those joints and ligaments. Pull it up, pull things. it up, pull it out. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think that using a resistance band is a much better tool to, um, to train punching or, or, or yeah, anything like yeah. that and I also like doing like box jumps and plyometric movements uh, yeah explosive you know, explosive anything that, that's going to make you explosive yeah. uh, and, and and more recently since I've gone up in my weight class uh -huh. I didn't really do this as a 67 but now that I'm in the 84 kilo division I really like deadlifts <laughs> yeah I really like as I've seen yeah, yeah I really yeah. like squats and uh, you know these big heavy strength yeah. Uh, uh, exercises, bench press, and I, I really feel like that's made me a stronger karateka yeah. as a whole, and not just in my kumite, but uh, uh, all the way around the horn, because now my, my stances are stronger for when yeah. I do do kata yeah. in the dojo, or, you know, whatever, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's your favorite exercise, man? I mean, you, <sighs> you're, you're, you're a crossfitter. From, yeah. Uh, um, I do personally like for, hmm. I like the Olympic lifts. Yeah. My hip prohibits me to do stuff, but it's not uh, turning left and right with the hips like you would for punching, but it still uses the hips. And I, I think since I've always been smaller, when I pick up things, I always use my hips. I get it halfway, like carrying bottles of water, and I get it, and then I get it right to my hip and explode up and then get it on there. Yeah, on your shoulder, so, yep. Yeah, in a CrossFit sense, that would be it. I really think that going back to some of the basics for certain people, not necessarily at a huge competitive level where you have to like up your game, but for maintenance and stuff, it's a little bit of chi-chi work, push-ups, sit-ups. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, yeah. it might not be what people want to hear, but that at least keeps yeah. you. No, I 100% you know. I, I agree with you. I think, you know, first and foremost, your foundation, your keyhole has to be like locked in. If you don't, that's yeah. where you need to start. And then build yeah. into your hojuando or kiguando. I, I agree completely. Yeah. And, and then push hand drills have become a big part because they they burn your arms and shoulders yeah. out. But they're also starting to teach you like how grappling like works without a gi, right? Without yeah. a gi, take the gi away because it's harder. You know, we were doing like those holds today with the lapel. Yeah. But it's actually quote unquote easier to get somebody's hand if you just grab my t-shirt. Yeah. You know which is more practical not but i mean make it harder on yourself wear a gi but sure. doing push hand drills has been become my my favorite but that yeah. might just be because where i'm at in my training yeah um and then it's <laughs> not to be arrogant but we had some some old some adults who are tough or just naturally strong as hell yeah. and i can still whoop them in push arm drills just because i know how to use my body yeah but even more importantly than just like oh yeah i'm beating them is that they're seeing that I'm beating them and they're going, all right, what is he doing? So that get, kind of gets them more interested in like, okay, what is he doing? And as I'm doing it, I'm correcting them. I can see they're trying to do push hand and they're like turning their shoulders and they're losing their stance. And I'm like, just root yourself again and yada, yeah. yada. But yep. those would be, those would be my go-to uh, for, for training is just some chi chi work, push-ups, sit-ups, and push-hand drills. Uh, do you want to, for those of the uh, listeners that don't know what chi chi is, you want to explain what that is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chi-chi weight is a, this is how you could make it. This is actually an easier way maybe to describe it. You get an old paint can, like a one gallon paint can, and you stick a, I don't know, say about a two foot wooden handle in it, like a cut off a broomstick and you stick it right in the center. And then you fill that paint can up with concrete and let it dry. And that's a chi-chi weight. And you use it, uh, 
not in like the sense of lifting like a dumbbell, but more, you know, karate specific exercises. There's a lot of like fluidity, yeah, fluidity, dipping and turning. And uh, my favorite aspect of using a chishi is having the weight. It's it's more of a counterweight against and, and helping you rotate your arm in a position like in a chidan yoko uke or a side block. Yeah. Uh, keeping that elbow in hand rotated out into a good position and you can really feel that tension against your shoulder throughout your forearm and even in your bicep as mm -hmm. you keep your your hand curled yeah and actually the uh the very a very similar philosophy to lifting it is what you see now from that company on it they make a mace yeah. which a mace is yeah. the big long pole with the ball on the end yeah. i haven't actually felt it but i'm assuming most more of the weight is yeah. on one end which that's like a chichi except ours is just yeah. smaller um and also it it you never want to injure yourself you know in your process of learning but it will show you that you're doing things wrong by like tweaking your arm out more and then you'll yep. realize oh god like i just pulled something yep. so next time i need to keep my elbow in closer and yep. that's so it kind of is self-correcting in, in itself sure um but i think that the knowledge the i'm sorry the information that we have now sets us up for really good karate training whether you are doing it for sport or you are doing it for traditional training um authentic training authentic okay now i'm karate training so hmm. tm pending yes <laughs> so that's all i got i don't know if you have anything yeah. to add man. yeah let me just um since this is your podcast and i yeah. don't know if anybody will get, get the opportunity to do a little interview for you let me just ask you a few questions oh, and okay, uh sir then that way the listeners can kind of know Nick Pete a little bit a little bit more than the information yeah. that you gave them. Yeah. So yeah. You, you told everybody the style and the system which you train in, which is what again? It's Shobukan Goju-ryu Karate. Go, right, Goju-ryu Shobukan. Um, oh yes, yeah, technically Goju-ryu Shobukan <laughs> Karate though, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, who's your father because we've brought him up a few times now but i don't know if we've actually said oh his yeah name. yeah yeah so, so my my father's name is ray pete sensei ray pete or kiyoshi ray pete yep. same with my uncle kiyoshi fred pete yep. and they live in jacksonville florida and, and you've you've trained primarily with them um and, yes. and they've been kind of your biggest influencers in karate uh, who besides your two uncles like who has been like the biggest impact on your karate career so far hmm like that's a hard question. Yeah. That's a hard question. I mean, because since they have been, well, there's been people, they haven't necessarily been my instructors, just sure. people that I that I trained with okay. that pushed me like JT Wells, yeah. Joseph Wells, like yep. the stunt guy and uh, that's the guy I trained with. Wakanda from, forever, baby. Yeah, Wakanda forever, yeah. <laughs> um, he, him and I, whether we trained together or outside, we definitely trained trained our asses off for our black belt because we knew it was going to be hard we're yeah. right in that 20 year old prime so there was like no there was no slack was going to be given especially because you think that people that train with their their family usually get like the oh no it's okay you know whatever it's like totally the opposite with them I mean, they weren't overly yeah. mean but they were like they they're just they're just hard asses you no, know no nepotism here yeah, yeah yeah so i mean he he helped motivate me in in somebody to you know to strive to strive for um and that would yeah that that how i have to i'd have to think about that yeah. um yeah it doesn't have to be shobukan specific either. yeah no i mean that would 
That's yeah, that's that's tough for me. I don't think I could pull it up the you know, just right off the top of my head. I'm sitting right here, Nick. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No. Well, that is actually one thing. To, yeah, that is good. That's good that you just said that in a joking way. But yeah, but yeah, definitely you. Like you, because when I had the idea to to help create these platforms to to make you know our association better, because I we know what we have is special. People can say this association sucks or we never heard about it or whatever. But if you're if you're in it, I think you understand like how special it is. Yeah. So motivation to continue to train. To push myself, and you all, oh, you actually do encourage me a lot. Cause sometimes I'm just like, man, I throw in the towel. These people are haters, like, you know, oh, you can't fight and blah blah blah. And it doesn't even matter to me, but yeah. it, it progresses and pushes me in that direction. So, so yeah, my dad, my uncle, JT, and Mr. Jonathan CB, I think would be the biggest proponents to continue to continue training that's good well i appreciate you uh including me in that list it's, yeah uh, yeah it's a big list I, I really thought you were going to talk about like concho or takashi oh Sensei yeah or, well th i mean those those guys definitely yeah. are they yeah you know that i think for me and this is this is kind of egotistical but i was raised in this this you know like this mindset of like the okinawans and karate and fighting and all this and I trained for a little bit and, and I met them when I didn't train initially and then it, after training for almost like 10 years finally they're coming back to the states which is when they were so I was I wasn't nervous because I was just like man you know I'm probably just another yeah. like just another American like you know decent decent trainer guy and after our, our training session they were giving me a lot of attention so I just thought either a I'm doing things good or a or b I'm doing things bad really bad right? you know yeah. but and then at the end when they pulled me aside like in we're like you know Nick we want you to know like you move like an Okinawan like you you yeah. we think that you're you know really really good karate con whatever and that they didn't do it to too many other people I was like holy shit okay maybe I'm at least decent at what I do yeah. which set me up so I guess there would be motivation for me yeah, whether good. you know I still need to do a lot of research in history and whatever and facts but I just as far as like getting in and training if I'm in a confident setting like I'm yeah I'm I'm pretty good, so. Okay, and you are currently ranked at what rank? Fourth degree. Yondan. Yondan. Very good. Fourth degree, and. <clears throat> and you're uh, you're up for your Godan next year. Yes, yeah, in 2020 Godan, and for us that's a that's a big deal, and yep. you know, and I'm not somebody who tries to hit all the numbers because I went for a few years without getting any rank, and then, but I think Godan for me, personally. <clears throat> It's important because because Godon is a big deal in our association because that's when you could have your own school, get your own concho, like teaching license from Okinawa. I take it more serious and rather than going, oh yeah, I'm going to go there and just get my certificate and I'm all good. I look at it as like now I need to make sure that I solidify yeah. my teaching and that's – This is a responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to start making it my own like at fifth – fifth dawn start making some things my own and there's not differences between like my dad and I per se like oh you do that I wouldn't do that but I just start to go this is what works for me this is what I'm going to teach because yeah. I am familiar with this while so. maintaining the core curriculum well yes yeah yeah, yeah. you I think you must do that because I even in the first MMA BJJ video I said you start taking out core elements because you don't like it that's yeah. you know yeah you're teaching a a big guy and you're a small guy, his techniques aren't going to work. Can't be like, Jonathan goes to do a high kick and I drop down hit him in the nuts. <laughs> but if I do, you know, if I do a technique, he's got to do something different because right. of his size and height. But 
um, yeah, so that's I'm looking forward to that when it when or it happens. But for me, it's really a whole. It's just a, a like a a time where I'm just trying to solidify everything that I know and put it into perspective. So I think. I don't know other people's journeys. My dad's described his to me like at fifth, sixth, seventh degree. He's like past the point of just, just rudimentary techniques. He's looking such so intricate and so detailed. And the, what's good about my dad is that if he finds something, right? Say if it even makes sense. Like I could say, okay, rising block makes sense if somebody punches me in the face. But until you actually do it like a hundred times, you realize the rising block I do like this doesn't, you know, like in a certain manner doesn't work I have to do it like this and right. then, you know and I, that's what he does he'll, he'll test things to make sure that they work yeah. some things may only work for him but they still work and for the most part it's like little stuff like yeah. you know that that makes a huge difference yeah. so and then you know even the learning about pressure points and not the kooky ones where you're like oh, I'm gonna touch you three times and you're gonna your heart explodes yeah yeah, yeah yeah but I mean ones that actually work real pain ones just like yeah. wrenching like muscles and stuff like that sure um, that was his journey in the higher up level and now he's just he's just on another level you know yeah. so I don't I agree he really is on another <laughs> level some of the stuff he was saying last night and, and today I was like Oh man, I don't even know anything about karate. <laughs> yeah, I'm a white belt. Yeah, again. I need to just put a white belt on and move down to Jacksonville and just train with you for another 20 years, and then we'll see if I can earn a black belt again. Yeah, um, and, and that was one thing. Or that's just yet another thing, kind of blabbing on. But for my my goal of training is that I think I <clears throat> accredit having other people look at me, and I'm not saying I could go on a platform and my kata would look so much better than other people's on a tournament or whatever. Just Within our association and how the moves are executed, I think I am the reason that I am is because of those two. Yeah. Because <clears throat> my dad being super in depth and whatever, my uncle is just tough as shit and yeah. just like his bunkai is like straightforward and like yeah. you better do all these key hones and yeah. this and that. And it yeah. made me to be, you know, they used to joke and call me like the karate prodigy yeah. for. Well, and it's <laughs> funny that you say that too because like your uncle is definitely, he, he has this like. A rigid mentality and, and things are he trains hard you know he, he does trains, dude he, he trains he, at 56 years yeah. old like I feel bad for the I feel bad for the young guy yeah. who, who thinks he's gonna yeah, get he, over he, on his he trains really he trains himself really hard and he trains his students really hard um, and every time I go train with your uncle, you know, we train very hard and yeah. I love it. I, I love that yeah. kind of training. And then I look at your dad and he really is this, uh, he's a perfectionist, you know, yeah. he looks yeah. at, he really looks at little details. And then when somebody shows him something that resonates with him, he goes back and goes, Oh, let me see how I can incorporate this. Yeah. And he spends the yeah. time on making it for himself to yeah, you know and yeah. he, he, per, he perfects it he, that's what he does yeah so alright well that's cool so you're, you're Bodon coming up uh, in, in at least another year maybe yeah. maybe longer depending yeah. on you know time yeah, and circumstances time. or whatever because we have um, to test in Japan for that have to have to go to Okinawa, <laughs> Okinawa for that one yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, but now the other the, the, I think this is probably going to be my last question here okay. um, as we're running out of time yeah. again again yeah. uh, what, uh, what what do you have like on your your immediate radar of like, you know, you got this podcast going. Mm. Your your Instagram has kind of gained a bunch of traction. Yeah. Uh, what What do you have? What's your goal now? What mm. do you want to mm. do like with karate? <laughs> yeah, right that, now? that's a good question. So, I my goal now, and I've always I'm all, I kind of like 
if you meet me in person, I'm, I'm usually I'm pretty nice, but I'm outside of it, I'm actually pretty quiet, and I don't. If I train, I'm kind of quiet. Don't really voice my my thoughts and ideas. And I just kind of sit and listen and and learn. But after going through all these different forums and all these these pages like Facebook and social media, seeing some of the questions, um, I just feel like I'm just gonna put out, just continue to put out information of how to how to do certain techniques. Just my opinion, you know. I've, you're gonna give a hundred good reasons and someone's going to give you 300 reasons why not but um for those platforms really just put out stuff and i'd like to because of the way that i'm taught of these are your kata moves these are what it means by both my dad and my uncle that's what i'm going to do more of i don't really want to like be a copycat of some of the other things that are out there like karate culture is good and ian abernathy and i don't want to copy them but i understand why and like what why they do it because i see it and i'm like oh my god these people need to know that this is what your karate is for because if you forget your idea of what karate is now before karate was just you and another dude fighting these were moves that they just it wasn't like they all right, we're gonna do a bunch of these dance moves and then we're gonna see which ones work in a fight. It was like, we're gonna do these or these have happened and then we're gonna you know, do the forms to keep it preserved or whatever the hundred other reasons why. So on those platforms, I'm gonna start putting out more content, especially on the Instagram because it's the easiest one to, uh, to put it out in, in little tidbits. But I'm gonna go a little bit more intricate. I started out like super basic, like yeah. front kick, Kakiyuki, yeah. how to do a punch. Um, I'm gonna try not to get too mixed up in the this sucks or that sucks or whatever. I'm just gonna show what I know. If it benefits you, awesome. Take it and run with it. If it does not benefit or does not work, then that's fine. Then you know, peace out. But I think uh, that's that's my that's my goal. And to continue to grow my own association, you know, with uh, hopefully me and and you really. Um, with the help and you know of all those, all those other people. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I, I'm I'm really happy to be on this journey, you know, with you, and I am very grateful that you've asked me to be on this podcast. Actually, I think I asked you. I was like, oh, I'm gonna. Yeah, but it was a there. good idea, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, and you know, I, I, I've since I've come into the Shobukan organization, you know, a few years ago, whatever. You and I've really solidified our, our bonds as friends and brothers and um, you know I agree that you know uh, uh, for you moving forward as a content creator is going to help kind of move our organization forward yeah. um, just having a conversation with your dad and uh, Sensei Richard at, at the table tonight at dinner you know we were discussing you know the growth of our organization we look at some of these other organizations that are, you know, 30,000 members strong, 40,000 members strong. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice to have a small, intimate organization that we have. But at the same time, it's like we could have a lot more. And yeah. Yeah. We, I, I truly do believe that Goju-Do Shobukan has the best Goju on the planet. And I've trained with a lot of different Goju-Do people. And I'm yeah. not trying to put anybody else down. I just think that there is something here that is missing from other people's yeah and again i couldn't pinpoint it either because i mean i've seen some tough ass goju guys you know like 
even like IOG KF, I think their some of their katas are like much different. They they lack some intricacies, but like I wouldn't say that to like the Russian IOG KF guys because those dudes are gnarly. Like right. I don't know if you ever watched yeah. them, but I was like, no, absolutely not. I'm just hopefully I can run faster than you. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I think that there's. I, it, a lot of our info, besides the one video that got put out of Master Shinjo, which is just, it's one video, it's hard. Again, if you're a Goju guy, you watch it and go, oh yeah, that guy's really good. You know, maybe the really more experienced or, or guys who are super devoted sit and analyze it, but it's mostly just, ah, oh, it's another Goju guy. But if you really look at how we do our keyhones and like what we really emphasize and how we do things, I, I don't know. I think other associations could benefit, whether they want to admit it or not, but I think there's a reason why. Shinjo was made like 30 years old or so, president of all Okinawan karate, Kukai, you yeah. know, yeah, there's, and most guys were like older when they made that title and he's yeah. 30 and unfortunately he, he passed away when he was, you know, younger than, than he should. Yeah. And his, his son is doing a good job in coming in, but you know, that's their, you know, the philosophy from what I always heard was, oh, we would rather have 50 really good schools around the world than 500. Well, Who's to say that you can't have 500 really good schools? Yeah. You know, it takes a little bit more effort and whatnot, but we're as we're selective on who comes in, yeah. which I mean that could loosen up to a certain degree, but yeah. you know, it's like got to be political about it almost. You know. Well, and I, and I think as you and I continue to develop the things that we are personally working on yeah. like with each other or even on our own, yeah, uh, you know, things are going to get more organized and things are going to just. You know, it, we'll be able to kind of control that a yeah. little bit better, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I think it'll be. Yeah, I yeah. Think we, I, I think there's a, a a big opportunity for growth. Yeah, and that's that's a whole lot of the reason why I'm doing it. But it's just I kind of have to tread lightly because of the fact that you know they would prefer us not to put our katas online yep. and things like that. So I mean, yeah. you can only kind of. But then you, you go to YouTube and type in you know Shobukan Goju. Yeah, and, and you Tyra see, is out there doing super. Yeah, and, exactly. So, you know. but I mean, it's hard. I put in. I put, I'm a no name like person from Jacksonville. I did Gexai Daiich and I had like 1,100 likes for somebody like me, and that wasn't over 1,100 likes over the course of like months and months it accumulated 1100 likes in less than a month yeah so i'm like okay like i'm sure some of them are bots or robots but i'm just like that is just gexai like yeah. we do all of our cuts like that and it wasn't even that good <laughs> like on your, I, uh, on your yeah page. yeah <sighs> i and, and it yeah it wasn't i don't think that it was really that even that good i just you know i feel like i was my feet were moving slow i was just practicing and yeah, I think I had like twelve hundred likes. Oh man, look at this! There's look at this video of you, man. Look how young you are doing uh, Sanchin and with the uh, shimmy oh, testing. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, I had bruises all over my thighs from him kicking me. But then he did this tricky thing, like oh, it made me look I like an that, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you can see how bad it is. Look like my yeah. hand gets pulled back from you know Sanchin and. Man, they are kicking your ass, though. Man. They were hitting the shit out of me. I had eight bru eight circular bruises across my chest when my dad hit me with like a like a tiger paw to make sure I was pushing my hands out at the last bit and tightening my chest, yeah. and I wasn't. He just knocked the wind out of me. <laughs> so, oh, that's your uncle breaking wood over your arm, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's real. Two or three he's boards, real big yeah. on that. And I think you know people are like, oh, why the hell you know boards don't hit back? Well, yeah, you got to understand the like the toughness that goes behind it. But that's yeah. You know that's whatever. So, but that's you know that's my that's my thought process and of where I want things to go. Um, personal growth, but more importantly, like as an association, it's something I love. I do this. Like I, you know, 
I'm in the dojo at least three days a week. I have another life outside of this, but my free time, what do I do? I'm like YouTubing and Googling and I yeah. have notebooks upon notebooks of, of things and yeah. that's karate is life. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. Karate is life. Yeah. So. That's all you got for me? That's what I got for you, man. It looks like we're getting pretty close to that uh yeah, Mark, yeah. Another so, another hour or so. Yeah. Didn't feel like it, but it didn't. It didn't. Uh, actually, I didn't realize we had gone as long as we got the <laughs> no, first looked, one. So. Yeah, no. I was like, wow. But well, all right, guys and gals. Um, I'll try to come up, you know, with some new content sometime soon. I'm gonna try to focus more on the Instagram and videos uh, because our dojo is about 98% done. And I know some people don't care. It has got to be the most beautiful dojo in the United States. I've I've trained there yesterday and today now, and, and goodness gracious, it is, it is just gorgeous. It is. It, it is, is so I'm, nice. And I'm lucky. And there's my my uh, father, Ray Pete, that trains his instruct. Uh, uh, Sensei Richard Mustafa is another Shobukan Kancho that trains there. My uncle has his own school um, about. 30 minutes or so away, um, so they're all in Florida. If any of you are Goju guys trying to find good, authentic Goju, um, you know, feel free to comment on my Facebook or Instagram page. Instagram, Goju Ninja, yeah. anyway, I should pop up, so yeah. thank you, and thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Maybe we can, uh, you know, do this again someday. Hopefully, yeah, these, like these two were well-received. and Yeah, yeah, we'll see if people sit and listen for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. See you guys later. Bye.